DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Joe Ingles is going to join us coming up at 9 o'clock. We've got uh, got a chance for you to go to Facebook, DJ and PK, or to Twitter, David DJ James. Questions for Joe Ingles. Leave your questions there on Twitter at David DJ James or DJ and PK, and we'll hit Joe up with, uh, with some of your questions. PK, we continue to get a lot of reaction to the uh, Devin Kafusi transferring from BYU to Utah story. story. And Tyson says, Whittingham will not stop until he has completely dismantled his alma mater. He must hate those calls asking for money donations to the school. (laughs) Now, I got rid of those because I got rid of my landline. They can't track your cell phone? Or they haven't yet anyway? I don't think so. Or, but maybe they have, but I don't think so because if I have all the numbers programmed in, and as most people do, and if I don't recognize the number, if it says unknown number or potential spam, I don't answer it. Right. But yeah, there was a time there uh, went with the landline. I swear it was like three times a week that they would they would call you. And I kept telling them, you go to the Rose Bowl again, and I'll give you the 10 bucks like I did in 86 and 96. Had <laughs> a kid. Significant donation. Yeah. I, 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 don't know, uh, I don't know how hard UCSB is working at this or if my uh, a couple of quick moves in the early 90s, but I lost them in the early 90s. I haven't heard from them for decades. So. And you have a landline? I'm skating. Yep. Yeah, and I certainly had one in the 90s when they lost me. Yeah. One day there'll be a building that has Sniggledorf's name on it. <laughs> it seems unlikely. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Time to bring in the TV voice of the Utah Jazz, Craig Bowlerjack. Bowler, good morning. Hey, guys. How are you? We're doing well. We're doing well. How are you? Hey, I'm good. Hey, hey. Just uh, congratulations again. Uh, I didn't realize until I read your tweet, 18 years together. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You're Hawkeye and Trapper, man. You're Robin. You're, you're Batman and Robin. Yeah, Hawkeye and Trapper. Didn't they only do like two two or three seasons of MASH together? I don't think we're Hawkeye and Trapper. Yeah, but when Trapper. you think of them, though, when you think of them, though, you only think of them as together, as one. You know, DJ PK. I mean, it's just kind of the same. It comes just the same friendship. How many seasons did Stockton and Malone play together? Was it 19? Yeah. Yeah. You got one more to go. <laughs> <laughs> Then PK gets traded to the Lakers, or, or, or decides to decide free agent, whatever. <laughs> free agent. I'd Guy, bet, that's that's quite a run, you guys. Congratulations. I'd bet on Phoenix more than LA for PK. Phoenix, yeah, yeah. I would too. I would yeah. too. Yes, the Sun Devil. I think we're, I think we're more of uh, Norman Cliff from Cheers. Ah. <laughs> I like that. That's a good okay, one. Okay, but see, here's the thing: is he gives me the worst traits of both guys. <laughs> I got I got the trivia from Cliff Clavin, but I'm a big dude like Norm. My Norm. You either got to be the annoying trivia guy, or you got to be the big guy. Well, if you're Batman or Robin, you're both. You know, kind of like you're dressed in some interesting clothes. So. <laughs> you know, but, but you are superheroes, so take your pick. Yeah, 
Maybe on the costumes 20 years ago, but not now. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Bowler, you've been doing doing some classic jazz games and all that. Uh, Explain to people, because we do this feature, and we'll get to you in a second, you know, what did you watch last night? Because normally we watch whatever the big game was. We watch a jazz game. We watch a a big NBA game on TNT or ESPN. Uh, You know, it's Utes Cougars jazz. It's pretty predictable. It's really different now, obviously. But I know there's still some jazz games out there and some people probably aren't up to speed on this so explain when they're on and what you do with them and how it works well we've got uh, we j- our, our ninth game that we just completed was the bogey game winner against the bucks this year it was uh november 8th and uh kind of recapping reliving uh, bogdanovich's big game that night and i thought it was the one that kind of really it was early in the season and gave i think all of us a feel for what Bogey was going to bring to the Jazz as a compliment to Donovan as a scorer. Uh, what's coming up next? We've got a couple more on the schedule, and I'm I'm hoping more to come as we continue on through this journey together. But uh, we'll recap uh, coming up on Saturday night uh, the win this year. Also, just a few months back. Um, Rudy's block that was a bit controversial against Dallas. And then we'll uh, wrap up this uh, first round of games with another Bogdanovich winner uh, against Houston back in February. So uh, it's been kind of fun. Thurl and I, uh, we've had other broadcast members join us, Mike Smith, David Locke, Kristen Kenny, Alema, um, and Matt was there for one stop. And so it's, kind of interesting to get everybody's perspective on how they saw the game and also just updating how everybody is kind of getting through this this stay home stay safe uh situation that we're all in together but i'm just glad we're showing some jazz basketball and reliving reliving some some fun moments uh even donovan mitchell's uh, career game uh 46 uh, so it's 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 been fun. A couple of rookie games for Donovan during the early parts of the of the Jazz playback, but it's good. It's fun. Uh, Facebook, you'll see the uh, the replay or the uh, the pregame as we call it, and then AT and T Sportsnet uh, at seven o'clock. We'll uh, replay those games on certain nights. So we can recall those Bogdanovich game winners. They were both exciting. You know, one was great, and the other one was even greater down in Houston. And so you look at what this team needed, and one of the things it needed was a big, bigger man who could shoot, and certainly he's provided that. And you're constantly always building your roster. It's never a finished product. And if it is, it's for a short time, and then you got to do it again in the case of the Warriors. Well, looking at the Jazz with Bogdanovich and how he's been, his skill set was much needed, do you still think as they continue to build this, they need another big man who can shoot? Yeah, I think you make a great point that it's always uh, it's always a fluid situation with any team in the NBA. What other piece, what other player will take us to not only you know to the next level? That next level, obviously, for every team is different, you know, than some. I mean, but the ultimate goal is to win an NBA championship. So you, you break it down and you look at the pieces that you need, and yeah, I think that'd be another another piece uh, that. Uh, can rebound, can do some post-up play at times, and then also uh, with step back, you know, 
uh, ability too. You know, where do you find those players? Or you know, it's they're they're far and few between. But it's also PK. I think you know what t- particular player could fit in you know the Quinn Snyder system as well. And the Jazz have obviously decided to be a three point shooting club and playing at the rim. So. Uh, the big or the, the backup guy or whoever would play multiple positions, potentially a three, four, or five, uh, yeah, would have to have some ability to play at the rim as well. So, you know, that's, that's a big, tall order to fill. But, you know, the Jazz are in the constant look, uh, looking around the league, trying to find what works and what wouldn't. Jordan Clarkson, obviously, you know, thinking of what works, uh, picking him up in that trade for Dante from the Cavaliers, they dropped him in, and just he went off and running in his in his role, and that's that's doesn't happen all that often. So uh, that was a home run in that regard of just finding a player that felt comfortable in the system. So I still think system plays a a big part in that decision on who uh, who actually would would fit, and sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. And the Jazz have had to make some tough decisions this year based on on that. Uh, basically not playing at Davis and, and releasing uh, Jeff Green. But sometimes you take chances, doesn't work. Other times you hit a home run like in Jordan Clarkson, and I'm sure the Jazz are always are on the lookout exactly for that, that next piece. So I think a couple things. One, uh, yes, everybody wants guys who can shoot, especially guys who have size and can shoot. Right. But I'm in addition to that, and I think that hunt just goes on and that doesn't change, but – I'm curious, the game keeps reinventing itself. And, you know, is there a place if down the line there's someone who has a skill set who's kind of like Shaq or kind of like Kareem? Uh, there was a point in both of their careers where they were unstoppable. And so does someone come along like that? I mean, the, the, we know what the game is like now, but we know the game doesn't stay the same. Now, you got to factor in rules changes, change the game sometimes too, whether it's a three-point shot or it's getting rid of the uh, allowing zone defense and getting rid of that illegal defense rule. So those changes impact it, but sort of the skill level of the best players, what kind of player – could change the way the game is being played now just because of their outrageous talent? Well, it could be Zion if he stays healthy. I thought at one time it may be Yao Ming, um, you know, but he got hurt, and so did Zion early. I mean, you have to have some luck to survive uh, in this in any professional sports. Uh, knees, um, you know, I think of Brandon Roy and uh, Derek Rose. Uh, there's, you know, guys who were so highly touted and highly skilled, but uh, injuries step in and, and slow them down or knock them out of the league. You know, there's a few guys, as you, as all of us know, come in and change the face of this game. And I'm just wondering out loud what you guys think. I wonder if the league is before us changing because of the three-point line and the fact is it going smaller. And what I mean by that is I see more and more teams that seem to put, you know, the guard line in, you know, the 6'3", 6'5", but there's a lot of 6'8", 6'9", guys with incredible athleticism uh, that can run the floor, uh, that can finish, and also hit the three. And it seems to me speed also is becoming more evident in the NBA as well. So athletic, a little smaller, Perhaps it's all, as you said, DJ. It's changing, and it'll change back one day. There'll be a guy uh, that's going to be able to dominate 
you know, with size. Dirk changed the game at seven as a seven footer because he had outside that outside shot. And obviously, Giannis has changed the game. Shaq changed it with power. Giannis has done it with with finesse and incredible athleticism. Uh, but the rest of the league is kind of looking at the three ball uh, a lot. Anson play at the rim. Obviously, that's what the Jazz with Rudy do. Uh, but it's it really is fascinating to watch, and it does and it changes quick much quicker than I than I expected. It's been a couple of three years, and we've seen a, I think a, a really big change in how the league is uh, is going right now. Yeah, when DJ asked that question, it's funny because I was thinking, well, that's what Zion is, and you went right to him in your immediate response. So my line of thinking is those types of players growing up will end up being able to be versatile and step back. It's like the point guard now. I brought up this uh, theory a couple of days ago. I, I don't think a player like a Jacques Vaughn would exist as a first-round draft choice now because he wasn't known as a shooter and maybe even Rubio because in order to play that position, you have to be able to shoot now. And if you can't play that, if you can't shoot, then you're not going to play that position. You just can't be someone who comes up and dribbles and passes. You know, Stockton did it so well, but we know full well that he could shoot. And if he played today, my guess is that he would have fewer assists, but he'd have way more points because he would be required. And obviously he was capable enough to make the shot. So the man, yeah, it may not be the traditional big man that we saw in uh, Moses Malone, Olajuwon, whoever you want to go down and name. And, but that player will exist because he'll be able to step out sort of like a Brooke Lopez did in yeah. his earlier part of his NBA career. He wasn't taking threes at all. And then the three-pointer developed into an, a, a must-have weapon right as he was in the middle of his career. So what did he do? He adapted. So I think going forward, we'll be seeing these types of players be able to step out. So that's where the big man will function, being able to all be down low, but also being able to step out. Yeah, totally agree. And what happens, too, is as younger players grow uh, and play in the AAU system and into college for their one short year, most of them, you're right, because what they're watching now is how they see their stars, their favorite players play, and they'll adapt their games, and the coaches also will see what the league needs. And those t- those players who actually have the ability to step outside are going to obviously rise to the top. And again, jump into college for a year and then jump into the NBA or uh, go overseas, however it works out. But you're right. It's a, it's a constant uh, moving, you know, kind of a moving piece. And you're right about Stockton, too. I, I remember the day was we got to get a playmaker in here. That was kind of the, you know, the, the, the phrase of the day. Uh, we got to have a playmaker and deliver the ball to the right guys. But I think everybody now in the league's got to be a playmaker themselves. Look at Joe Ingles. I mean, he's a playmaker, but a three point shooter as well. And, and Stockton, you're right. I, I really think he is. I'm not trying to just because he played for the Jazz, but Stockton was a real special player. He would have adapted because he did have the ability to hit the big shot, and he had good three-point range. The assist, absolutely, PK, would be down, but his scoring would be up because that's just the role he'd have to take running the show. 
and he probably would would be another first round pick, maybe even higher, uh, if he showed that that ability uh, during his days at Gonzaga. So, really, is intriguing conversation. But again, the word is it's the evolution of basketball is right before us, and uh, we're watching it, and it's interesting to see how it's going to continue on. Uh, is it really going to go small ball? Does the three continue to dominate? Or does another guy like Zion, even bigger, come in and dominate the game with power inside and out? Got to be able to move, no matter how big you are. You got to be able to move because they will yeah, put speed, you in a pick yeah, and roll. Yeah, you got to be agile. Feet, yeah. feet, everything, yeah. All right, Bowler, we got to run. We appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for checking in. Guys, good to hear from you. Congrats again on the anniversary. Uh, you know, stay together. I know you guys bicker at times, but it'll, it'll work out. I promise. <laughs> Thank you, Bowler. All right, guys. All See right. you soon. Okay. Uh, there's Craig Bowler, Jack.